Thanks for listening to the Vertical Student Ministries podcast. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by what you hear. Hey, welcome back to our Vertical Leadership Podcast. So glad that you have taken the time to join us today. Really excited about the topic that we're going to be getting into today, but even more excited about the very special guest we have joining us on our podcast, Pastor Josh Wellborn. Welcome, Pastor Josh, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Love being with uh, on the Vertical Podcast. I think this is your second time, third time with us? Second time. Second time. All right. Second time guest, long-time listener. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I like that. I like that. Well, let's do some opening questions just to get uh, the people listening to, to know you a little bit better. Um, where are you current, currently located? How long have you been in ministry? What have you done in ministry? Give us all the goods. Oh, my goodness. How long have I been in ministry? I uh, Full-time ministry uh, since 2001. We were youth pastors in Seattle, Washington. Uh, we were youth pastors in Fenton, Michigan after that. And then we were youth pastors at Mount Hope Church in Lansing, Michigan. And then we were in the district office uh, there in Michigan, the Assemblies of God district office as district youth directors um, in 2015, 16, 17. And then 2000, early 2018 came to the national office of the Assemblies of God and have been here uh, ever since and serving in the national youth department. That's that's the nutshell. That's a journey. Version. That's a journey. That's the nutshell. When you started ministry, I think I was in fifth grade. That's a fun game to play, that John. <laughs> that's a great game. I love that game. So fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, obviously, you were here in the mitten for a while. Was it yeah. four, 14 years total 15 here? 15 years. 15 yeah. years. Okay. That's awesome. Do you miss the yeah. mitten at all? Oh, yeah. Sure. We... Uh, Lots of happy memories there. No, still, still making memories. I love Michigan. It's good stuff. It is. Cool. Let's get into our topic uh, today. Really excited about this one. I don't think we've had this topic yet, um, and I think it's you know such a crucial one, especially for for where we're at today, um, and really ministry wise, um, organization wise. You know, it's not just for a church ministry, but I feel like this is one that can kind of go kind of across the board um, to whatever realm or sphere that God has you in. Um, you know, and as usual, you know, as you're listening to the podcast, how does this apply to you? What does this look like for you? You may not be in a position to where you're leading an organization or leading a ministry, but we're all part of a ministry. We're all part of an organization, um, and our goal is to make it better regardless of where we're at. So uh, the leadership topic that we have today is team building. Um, and I think just the first question, just to kind of get this going, is why is team-oriented leadership so rare? You know, I feel like it's definitely um, not the common thread um, in our society today. And and why do you feel like it is so rare to have that team-oriented leadership? Well, I think there's a short answer, and I think there's there's probably a longer answer that we could talk about. But the short answer, uh, for starters, is that it's easier to do things on your own. Yeah. Um, it, it takes time to cultivate relationship. It takes time to 
train. It takes time and trust uh, as it relates to handing off, particularly ministry, because ministry is very, you know, it's special to us. It's close to our heart. So when we allow, you know, as leaders, as we allow someone else to take part in that, and, and, you know, sometimes we're recruiting and actively uh, trying to engage people in that process, there's, there's parts of it that are very personal, that are very difficult to let go of sometimes. But as I travel, John, I see leaders all, you know, the question was interesting because you said, why is team oriented leadership so rare? And my first thought was, I don't think it's rare. But then I thought about it. I thought, well, it's not rare from my perspective because I've always been committed to team oriented leadership. For sure. But as I travel around the United States and as I work with amazing youth pastors around the Assemblies of God, I discard, you know, it's, it's, as I thought about it, I considered the question. It's, uh, I realized there are a lot of men and women in full-time ministry doing way too much on their own, and they need to not stop doing the things, but rather start sharing the ministry. Because you know what? Good. There's plenty of ministry to go around. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and I think, you know, when, when I think about team and, and, and building a team, um, obviously you have the best team that is, is made up of people that aren't all the same. Right, they're not all alike. They don't have the same giftings. They don't have the same abilities. Um, you know, a, a well-rounded team is going to have different abilities, different giftings, different passions that are on the team. Um, and I think a lot of times, as, as leaders, it's it's easy to be threatened by those things rather than celebrate those things. Um, you know, I, I just think it's it's easier to get people on the team that are like us um, because then our weaknesses aren't highlighted and our strengths are just amplified. And, and I think the, the good news with that is you'll attract people that are like you. Yeah. You'll have to work. You'll have to work a little bit to get team members that to get a diversity in your team. In yeah, your team. that's good. Diversity, diversification of, of talent and ability. What are some main challenges that you've found? Because, um, you know, as you said, this has kind of been your heart and, and just who you are um, and just the, the different experiences that you've had leading team, building team. What are some of the challenges in building a team culture, you know, and really having that culture within the ministry of the organization? Yeah, well, you know, there's always a risk involved with with uh, building your team, particularly from a relational approach. You could spend a lot of you spend a lot of time with people. You you envision the role that 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 might you know that you, that they might fill in your organization. You also, you know, for me, I always had an organizational flowchart in front of me that had positions that were open and I would mm. pray over those positions. You know, That's I good. wanted a bus ministry, but I didn't have anybody to lead a bus ministry. So I prayed, you know, that the Lord would send us to lead a, someone to lead a bus ministry. And eventually we got the right person, but occasionally you get somebody, you invest a lot in them and it doesn't work out. So one of the challenges is there's risk involved. You might invest in someone that, that it doesn't work out. And uh, then you're just kind of back to ground zero and, and, um, you might even say to yourself, well, it would have been easier if I'd just done it myself from the start. And that might be true, but the long-term gain is that eventually you do get the right person and you've got a team that operates. You've got a task and a ministry and a, a vision and a heart in place that was not there before. And it, it increases uh, your capacity to, to, reach, to reach your youth ministry in the context that, that you and I have worked in professionally. For sure. I've heard, I forget where I heard it from. I think it might have been Chick-fil-A. Um, Chick-fil-A owner, you know, some of his books that he does, but, um, you know, he's a big team guy and spent, you know, took time to build into the team and to invest into the team and into individuals. 
Um, and one of his board members asked him one time, you know, what if we invest all this money, all this time, all this resources um, into this team and these people leave? And his response to them was, well, what if we don't invest in them and they stay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, oh, you know, yeah. and I thought that was a really good quote of, you know, our job is just to invest, um, you know, kind of what you talked about at the beginning there uh, of this question of, you know, we invest and then they leave and then it's like, okay, man, I've got to start it over. Or we got to, you know, do this whole thing over again. Um, but I think it's it's worth taking the chance on that. Um, and, and just seeing the the effects of team ministry and team-oriented leadership, um, I feel like you can accomplish a lot more um, because there's people on the team that are doing, you know, kind of what you said, you wanted a bus ministry. So you weren't able to facilitate that. So you needed someone else to come on the team. And now your team and your reach is bigger because the team is growing and is healthy. And for that person that did the bus ministry, that was their favorite thing they got to do during the week. Yeah. That's good. And uh, they, they looked forward to five o'clock from work, not so they could go home and, and binge on Netflix, but so that they could go get that church van and start picking up students. And then before you knew it, they had another, they had other drivers that were picking up students. It was just, there's a multiplying effect. And like you said, John, we can accomplish more when we, when there's more people involved. I, I remember I remember the analogy from a guy who was a painter. Uh, in fact, you know him, Jason McKay. He's the youth, he's youth pastor yeah. for many, many years at the Freedom Center in Fenton. Jason was a professional painter, and I remember he said, you know, it's funny. I can pay one guy because he owned a business. He said, I can pay one guy $12 an hour to paint a room. But if I pay two guys uh, 12 bucks an hour to paint a room, it's not going to get done twice as fast. It's going to get done five times as fast. He said, that's just he said, I can't wow. explain it. There's just a multiplying effect with having two guys working on the same job. They, uh, while one's that's cutting awesome. in, the other one's rolling. And, and and they don't take breaks as much because they're talking and they're, For sure. they're, they're you know, they're, they're having, I guess, there'd be a camaraderie effect that, yep. that spurs one another on. And so it's interesting that, that scripture tells us to uh, do things together, you know, to not forsake the gathering together. And so, um, so yeah, there's a, there's a multiplying effect that happens when, when uh, you get more than one, more than one, uh, more than one partner in ministry. Yeah. Well, and I think we see this, you know, throughout um, the new Testament, how, you know, the, the body of Christ and how we all have different parts and, and different members, but we all have, you know, the same focus and we're all the same body. And, um, you know, I, I think that's probably the, the, I think it might be a challenge that comes with it is when we see people with different giftings, you know, it, it's more of a threat than it is of a celebration. Um, because it's like, okay, well, I, I don't have those or I'm not good at those. When in reality, one individual does not have what it takes to build a healthy team. Right, that takes multiple people to come in with different giftings, different abilities, um, and and again, we see this so much in Scripture to where that it talks about the body and one person's the leg, the other person's the arm, um, you know. And, and so, what would you, what advice would you give to an individual who maybe is is over a team, um, just to be confident in who they are? Because I feel like that maybe is the kind of the start for a leader to really take on this team mentality is being confident and secure in who they are. What's some advice that you could give somebody like that? Well, the best way to be confident in who you are is to understand what you're good at and how God has uniquely gifted you. You know, John, one of the things that 
people will say about me, and I know you've heard this before, they'll say, man, Josh Wellborn, he's a relational leader. He's, he's so relational. He's so relational. Well, I heard that, you know, I, I've heard that for years, but I got to tell you, early on, I didn't take it as a compliment hmm. because to me, relationship building was so easy and so natural that it didn't feel like I was working. Wow. So when people would That's say good. that, my ears would hear, my brain would interpret it as, oh, Josh Wellborn doesn't really do hard things. He does the easy thing and he doesn't work very hard. Uh, but for you, that's what, that's what came natural. I just did what came natural. And so, so I took offense to it at first, but now I'm going, ah, because 20 years later, you see the results of your, Mm. you know, of spending time with people. You see the results of, of investing in relationship. Uh, certainly there's disciplines that we have to practice that, uh, require us to do things that are outside of our skill set. Am I administrative? Sure. Am I organized? Absolutely. Do those things come natural? They they come second nature. Yeah. I don't know they come natural. I've just they've been disciplines for so long that now they're second nature. And so uh, nothing wrong with with ha- with being disciplined to to do something that you don't like or aren't good at. But at the same time, don't be afraid to run in your lane. And so, you know, I, yeah. I think of I, I don't know if you were going to ask me about books, but like the book uh, Strengths Finder 2.0 yep. Yep. helped me a lot because all of a sudden I had these five strengths that I go, oh, and here's a whole little chapter on each and of each these one. strengths that yeah. helps me understand how to leverage them. So that's the first thing towards getting over the insecurity of, of, uh, you know, how do I, shouldn't I just do it myself? Nobody's going to want to help me. Well, understanding what you're good at and then, and then really leveraging that. That's so good. How, you know, you said you didn't even take it as a compliment because it was easy no. for you. It, it, I thought it was, uh, I was again, cause That's I was, so you know, I had my insecurities and I thought it was somebody saying, Oh, he's not very good at being organized. It's like, right. what? I'm organized. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love that. Have you done, uh, the Enneagram? test uh i can't remember I, I know i've done it online i'm a seven I okay remember that. i just i don't remember much more about it okay yeah those, that's another one of those things that's just a good tool a good resource yeah. and, and we'll I put heard, all those yeah. links in the description here but enneagram was invented by millennials because they were tired of people putting labels on them so they created a system to give everybody else labels <laughs> <laughs> i heard it was uh created by millennials so that they could talk about themselves i gave them an excuse to talk about <laughs> <you> themselves <laughs> so funny um i guess kind of final wrap-up question here um how would you balance relationship in a team culture because obviously with it with a team dynamic you want there to be some of that you know camaraderie and hanging out after office or after hours and you know beyond just the office work um, but then there can kind of cross a line to where it's too relational in a sense to where they don't respect one another you know as a peer to peer or even a director um, over an individual that has created a team environment to where now you know oh well, we're friends on the weekends and now we come in this area where you're trying to be my boss or we're on a peer level or whatever. What do you feel like a good balance between that is? And have you run into any of that yourself? So for me, as and what you just described is probably the fear of all type A organizational type administrative leaders. They're afraid that if, if the, the, the order of law is not clearly uh, communicated and enforced, then anarchy will reign supreme and everybody mm. will sit around and tell jokes until five o'clock. Right. Um, so for me, as on the other end of the spectrum where I, where I am more relational, for me, it's always been important to have someone that I've given a high level of leadership 
who is very gifted at following the rules, that is very gifted at, at remembering what the office policy is and what's the protocol for, you know, time off, what's the, right. uh, you know, how does it work? And then I, and then I give them permission to call me out if they see me getting out of my lane uh, in, in that regard. So that's one way to find balance. Yeah. Uh, you know, here in, here in the office that I'm at now, we have 15 people who all work in this office and, and I'm, I'm at the top of that organizational chart. And it's one of our administrative staff who I've just I've said multiple times. I say, listen, if you see me out of line, please remind me. I give you permission to point these things out to me, not because, man, I'm a mess and I need help. That's not it at all. It's that I'm so focused on the thing that I'm good at and the thing that I'm called to that I'm not going to waste a, uh, an inappropriate amount of energy reviewing the employee handbook. I've, mm. I've read it. I know what it says because I'm responsible. But uh, again, my temperament is such that I will easily forget some of those details because that's just not the pace that I run at. And and I want but but I want to lead by example i want to follow the rules i want to be efficient i want people to show up on time you know things like that so i want them to do their job i want them to work hard so for me the balance is always found in finding someone who you can give a a high level of leadership to and then bringing them very close to you Hmm. so whichever end of the spectrum you're on uh you're going to want to have someone on the opposite end who you you trust and is close to you and and who you've empowered to not just bring the whole team into line in that area of responsibility, but to to bring you into line if if uh, if you're you know getting out of your lane a little bit. That's good. And I, going off that question, you you kind of touched on a little bit. Um, but what what does accountability look like in a in a team dynamic? You know, kind of going off that relational side of things, that friend side of things, and and how how do you keep each other accountable in a healthy manner? Uh, I think you, I think making the, whatever the community standard is like making it clear. Hmm. Um, That's good. You know, one, clear expectations. one quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and certainly in the church environment, you know, we we try and make that community standard clear with our volunteer leaders as youth pastors by having you know uh, some kind of some kind of you know lifestyle covenant or something that you sign. I know, you know, a lot of times in youth ministry we tend to attract a lot of the young adults. Well, for a lot of young adults, alcohol culture is a big part of their life. And I know that as a youth pastor, I didn't want those who were, you know, social, you know, they were social drinkers. They were, uh, you know, consuming alcohol. I didn't want that. I didn't want that up close and personal with my students. Hmm. So I just asked that all of my volunteer staff be abstinent from alcohol. So that would be an example of just making sure the community standard is clear. Yeah. Um, and and it th- doesn't mean I'm the draconian alcohol Nazi. You know, I'm out to on a witch hunt for anybody who <laughs> is consuming alcohol. But, uh, you know, the standard is very clear. We're, in, we're you know, as, far, as it relates to alcohol, we're going to be abstinent from alcohol. And, of course, with the word abstinence comes to mind <laughs> sexual purity as well. So to have those kind of community standards established up front as you're recruiting uh, leaders to your team is is pretty important, especially in the church world, uh, and especially you know just in the diverse, you know the body of Christ is very diverse, and you know I'm I'm not one to think that well the Assemblies of God is the only church. No, 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 no. We have 
uh, we have fellowship with many denominations and many different church cultures. Uh, but for the team that I'm going to disciple students with, I want to establish very clearly what the community standard is for not, and again, not for the body of Christ, but for our tribe. That's good. Certainly there's a standard yeah. for the body of Christ, but I'm talking about the standard that I want for my tribe that the Lord is going to hold me accountable for. So, so having the rules and things like that is certainly important. And, uh, and, and, you know, once you're a member of the community, accountability becomes the natural byproduct. I don't, for I'm sure. not a huge, obviously there are times for structured ordered accountability, but when people feel like they are a member of a community, uh, accountability becomes a natural byproduct of, you know, membership in said community. Yeah, and the standards that have been set and clear, you know, that, that you've put those in place. So now when someone sure. comes into that community, the accountability is just watching the people and the standards that they're living to. And the examples I, I just gave, I should probably point out, are maybe more in the category of holiness standard, standards. For sure. Uh, but but, but, but some that of the translates also, to other Yeah, areas. I would say yeah. Things, like, things like being on time, things right. like... You know, uh, you know, taking notes during, you know, the preaching of the word, things like coming to the prayer meetings, not just to the games. Uh, those one, those are those are examples where it's not necessarily a holiness standard, but it's uh, certainly a standard you want your team to to live up to. Yeah, that's good. It's good stuff. Um, any any resources, any books? I know you you already talked about one, um, but anything else that you would give for for leadership, building a team, um, anything like that. You know, I've read so many leadership books over the years because it's just kind of one of my favorite topics. So it's easy for me to consume that kind of content. A few of them that come to mind would be um, there's a book called The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. Okay, uh, that's one of my favorites. Uh, the The Advantage. Um, it's a it's a bit outdated, and I know there's some not not the The Advantage. There's the book that I'm about to tell you. Uh, I know some have said, well, that's an outdated book, but I really like. Uh, uh, Jim, why did it just leave me? Uh, I see it in the airport all the time now. <laughs> what? Jim Collins, good to great. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's a really good one. And then also, I really like, I don't know if you've read Pastor Rob Ketterling from uh, River Valley in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He's got a book called Leading from the Front Row. Yeah. Or front row, front row leadership. Front row I'm, leadership. Yep. Yeah. Front row leadership. I really like that one because it, it speaks to uh, being able to recruit a leader who is not necessarily, uh, they're not, they're not out in front. They're in the back row. And, it, and the chances are often that if they're on the back row and they've got leadership skill, it's that they have a cynical attitude and it's because no one's really taken wow. the time to bring them in close and cultivate a relationship of trust to kind of lead them out of that cynicism into hope for the future. And of course, in, in church world, these, these leaders are all over the place because, sure. uh, and as, if you, if you, and of course we're, you know, you and I are, are members of the assemblies of God, but I know if some of your listeners are in an interdenominational context or, or in another denomination, there's always those who would tend to be, uh, kind of that lone ranger. Um, and it's not necessarily a good thing. It's that they kind of have an attitude problem. And, mm. and, and sometimes all it just takes is a listening ear to figure out that, well, it's not an attitude problem. They have a genuine grievance that, that might need some pastoral care. Wow. And the next thing you know, you've won over a high capacity leader that can help you achieve the goals that the Lord has called you to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So good. Um, 
I had the, these two books came to mind. You said Patrick Lencioni. I love um, his him as an author. He does really good books. Um, the Five Dysfunctions of a Team. I don't know if you've read that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the ideal team yeah. player. Those are two that we we read as a team here. Yeah, um, no donkeys. No donkeys. I yeah. After we read that, <laughs> I got every one of our team members a little metal donkey to put on their desk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good one. But yeah, it's good stuff. So, cool. and then anything, and any, and then my pastor at Mount Hope Church, uh, Dr. Dave Williams. You know, he was the pastor there for 30 years. He authored over 80 books, many of which have to do with leadership. So anything wow. by Dave Williams is so I'm looking at probably six of his books right now sitting on my shelf. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, we will have some of those resources uh, in the link here for any of our listeners uh, in the description so that you can click on those and get easy access to it. But thanks again for uh, taking the time to join us, Pastor Josh. And uh, you know, you taking time out of your day to, to build into leaders that you may never meet or see. Uh, so definitely appreciate that. And, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We, uh, we believe that if leaders are empowered, the entire organization will grow. So keep investing into yourself, keep pouring into yourself as a leader, uh, regardless of where you are at, um, on the chain of command, continue to, to build yourself as an individual, and any organization that you are a part of will grow. We will see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again for taking time to grow as leaders. We are looking forward as we continue to build our culture in student ministries.